Gill? Christopher Williams. Oh, okay. Uptown Records. Okay. It's a, uh, uh, what's his name? You see the man in my background? Educated brother from the bank. <laughs> yes. And Christopher Williams. Yes. <laughs> Kareem Akbar. Yes, Kareem Akbar. Which is like, I've never seen a light-skinned nigga named Kareem. <laughs> I don't know what that name Kareem, Kareem. Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> That's good, fair enough. He's kind of not like <laughs> Had to for Andre Harrell, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's kick that off with that, man. RIP to Andre Harrell. RIP to Little Richard as well, who died today. Um, Yeah. Tough. I mean, it's already been a tough year, man. Yeah. Adding all this on top of it. Yeah. Real unfortunate. Uh, Real unfortunate. Let me go to Heavy D, man. Uptown Records, man. Rest in peace to Heavy D, too, man. Oh, yes. I keep forgetting he died, man. The way love him. Yeah. I wish they made music more like this, man. This was always like a good feeling every time you play this, no matter where you at. Bruno Mars tried to bring it back. It wasn't the same. Yeah, man. he did. He, he he did. He tried. That he tried. New Jack yeah. he's, he's got a little bit of that of that type of melody and that type of groove feel to it, but not quite. I feel like he did for the moment for those that weren't already hip to the original. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that classic New Jack Swing style, man. I definitely miss that. We all definitely miss that, but. Yep, yep. <laughs> Shit. So, yes, RIP to Andre Harrell, uh, founder of Uptown Records, where uh, Sean Diddy Combs got his start, as well as so many more great R&B. Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige. The list yep. goes on and on. So RIP to him, of course, RIP to the founder of rock and roll, uh, Little Richard. He, he passed today as well. So RIP to both of those legends, man. Definitely in our thoughts. And yeah, yeah. and a tough, tough, tough year, man, honestly. It yeah. kicked off with, when, when Kobe passed, we thought shit wasn't going to get worse than that. Yeah. yeah. We thought there was no way things would spiral into what they are now. So. Very unfortunate, but man, we gonna keep it pushing like we always do on this podcast. We gonna we gonna kick it kick it off right. Yeah. Um, so let's get into the fucking man. Let's do the introductions. Um, Jim the Juice podcast live in full effect. This is the uh, H Town check in special. You know we got a whole lot of guests lined up for y'all. We don't know who all gonna join us. We ain't gonna even preview it. You know <laughs> I'm not gonna say somebody name and they not gonna show up. So fuck it. Whoever show up show up. But we gonna have a good time regardless, <laughs> man. And so. Uh, our first guest, and of course, I am Ryan Rocket, joined as always by the lovely Jasmine <laughs> and the man himself, Figgy Fig. They're all doing good and well. We ain't got to get into all that shit. You know how we doing. You know, you, you know what we do. But we have a special guest as well. A man we haven't talked to in a while, but uh, one of our favorite guests on the podcast. He's very funny, very intelligent. Got a lot to say about a whole lot of stuff, and we love having him on the podcast. Mr. Stanford Route himself joins the crew once again. Live from his palace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from his palace. That's the yes. one. That's the one good thing I like about doing podcasts like this. You can see other people' background and cribs and all that stuff. Yeah, Stanford, mm-hmm. Stanford got I'm the, the fancy crib. I'm interested to know what that. 
that sign says the one yeah, that says what the fuck too. which one one what the wtf <laughs> what does that say oh, i'll just i'll go ahead and put a little bit closer you <laughs> i think i got this off of like whore chow or hey needle or something like that i'm gonna go ahead and let y'all see it after month at fact of life <laughs> after monday and tuesday even the calendar says wtf Wednesday, Thursday, I like Friday. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. But I, I got a question though, man, because I feel like those kind of statements are for people who work nine to fives. You were, of course, an athlete. Did you ever think of a week like that? Did you ever think of, oh God, it's Monday again? Did you? I mean, your schedule was different as an athlete. Yes, it was different, but it still was a Monday through Friday. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, in the NFL, your Monday is pretty much Wednesday. That's the first day of install. That's when you start learning about your new opponent. Thursday is kind of like Tuesday. Um, Friday is, uh, or should I say like Friday is like our Wednesday because that's the last day of the work week, so to speak. Um, Because it's, uh, you know, we've had our third practice of the week. Saturday is kind of like Thursday, day before Friday. And, you know, Sunday is like our Friday. You know what I mean? Because that's game day. Everybody's, you know, elated. It's a big game, things like that. And then the day after the game is Monday for everybody else. But that's kind of like our Saturday. And then Tuesday is our day off. That's the day you get paid. That's the day that you go ahead and take care of all whatever you got to do, you know, during the week. And so what do you think on Sunday? Oh, man, shit. I got to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> well, Tuesday is like that for us. Like, okay. Tomorrow, Wednesday, start the work week again. So in a way, it still is a Monday through Friday. It just ain't exactly Monday through Friday, but it's still that uh, that version of the five-day variation. I feel you. I feel you. And uh, hold up. Hold the phones, everybody, one second. This is like Little, Rod- Little Rogers Neighborhood or something over here. Uh, Mr. Rogers Neighborhood. We got special guests coming in by the by – the, Shoot, by the boatload, man. We got somebody else, and I believe. Well, shoot, let, let, let him. Just let him. First. Mr. Wade Smith. <laughs> what up? <laughs> Wade Smith looked like he lost. <laughs> do what? Wade Smith looked like he lost. Like, how do you work the Zoom shit? <laughs> I see the background. That's, though. that's how we're doing it, Fig. <laughs> It's how we're doing it. And that's how, how we're starting off the day. We're doing it like that. You know what I, mean? I had to. Wade, Wade said, I'm going to see you soon. You know that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Look at his background, though. Yeah. I, background. I, see the, I see the background, Wade. I see it. It's not fancy, though. That's just work. That's all it is. Nah, this is what Wade Smith uses when he goes on NFL Network. <laughs> I'm giving you the full Monty. We talking about, you know what I'm saying, NFL Network. A ginger juice podcast. I'm gonna give you my best every time I do it. You know what I mean? So that, that's how we do. We appreciate that, man. We appreciate that. And our first time talking to Wade Smith, man. We've been trying to link up for a little bit. We finally made it happen. So thank you very much for taking time out of your day to join us as well. Um, so fuck it, man. Let's jump into some topics, bro. Um, we don't really talk about sports too much on this podcast, but there are some big sports topics that I definitely want to get both of y'all's takes on. Uh, number one is Earl Thomas situation, man. Uh, <laughs> we got to talk about this. Uh, a bit. I mean, like, but 
Hey, listen. I can mess with Jim's and Juice. You just right off the bat. Let's just do it. You, hey, man, man, man. you can start man, off. Man. You the single guy. <laughs> I got. I got. I got to walk through some landmines over here trying to. <laughs> yeah, I know. Earl. Me too. You go ahead. Yeah, like oh, that's what I'm saying. Like oh, why? Man. Like take us to dinner first, and these get okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll, we'll, we'll slide into that. First off, man, because we haven't checked in with you uh, either, y'all, in a while. Uh, how are y'all managing this quarantine thing? I know you guys are being former athletes. I mean, me, myself, I can't work out at all. So I'm fucking falling into an abyss of unhealthy <laughs> living. But uh, how are you guys looking? I know you guys have families and everything connected. So how are you adjusting to this quarantine period we're in right now? Yeah. As, as far uh, as working out wise, I'd say this, man, like working out, I, I started riding my bike, man, like around the neighborhood. That's something that I had never done before, but riding bikes and, and, and running and jogging and walking around the neighborhood. Like I try to spend as much time outside as I can each day just for sanity purposes, because it's, it's, it's weird because it ain't, it ain't a deal where every day you're getting up to leave the house and go somewhere and be productive. Like you having to figure out how to do it at the crib, you're trying to figure out ways to, to kind of, to break up the monotony, whether it's, you know, being in different parts of the, the the neighborhood or different using different uh, routes and stuff like that and so as far as working out wise that's what I've been doing to, to kind of keep myself in shape and then training my daughters I have two daughters that play volleyball so um, I'm, I'm basically training and coaching them that that keeps things kind of keeps the ball rolling keeps you keeps you occupied right. yeah man like that's the thing that probably is uh, the most I guess you could say frustrating or taxing is that uh, you got to have to kind of either work out on your own or just go running in the neighborhood, which you know, I've pretty much been doing. And everything that I've read that I think heat is something that's almost like a deterrent for this coronavirus. Uh, and then just being- that? Say that again? Do we know anything about this virus that's legit? Hey, Honestly, hey. like, is there really the, like, yeah, if you do this, it's gonna work. Is there anything that you can really say? The, the one thing that, well, from what I gather from my girl, her uh, her mom is a nurse up there at Baylor Medical Center. Yeah. And from what I gather, the biggest, I guess you could say, uh, weapon that you can use is just simply being healthy. And yeah. that's why I'm trying to make sure that I stay working out. Um, I'll even put on multiple layers when I, whenever I work out, just so I kind of get overheated. That way I can go ahead and try to, you know, do whatever I can to, to find the virus. The juicing, things like that, uh, vegetables. So there's, I mean, like, there's no vaccine, we know that. But like, I'm gonna at least try to do as much as I can to at least, you know, kind of hold this thing off because just like what Wade said, man, like you don't really know because there's so many different stories, so many different facts that you've seen on different websites. You don't really know anything definitively. So I'm going to just try to be in the best health that I can be possibly. And from what I've seen or from even just kind of like the cases or whatever, it seems like being in good shape gives you a better chance of being able to beat it if you do contract it or, uh, or get affected by it. Yeah, that's the one thing I trust because everybody has heard other conspiracies. So yeah, yeah that's the one thing I think is actually true. But don't I have a hard time believing anything because everything changes so frequently about this damn virus, man. Yeah, and how you catch it. People saying the mask don't work. Now they're saying it does work. 
it's a whole lot of weird information going on, man. So, yeah, for sure. So, are we ready for this spicy topics yet, or y'all want more of a y'all want the entree first before we get to the dessert? <laughs> what part about the, the the Earl Thomas deal do you want to get? Because you can, there's a lot to dissect when you come to. Hey, the entire hey bro, it's, it's a lot. So it's, many, it's, it's so much there. It got so four, many layers to it. Three podcast on this <laughs> So, what part do you want to hear first? Like, okay, because I can only speak from the perspective of a square, honestly, man. Because I I was never an athlete. I was never in that kind of life. So all of this is fascinating to me, but I kind of feel like if you're an athlete, you have a different perspective because you've probably been around situations like this or close to it or what had a teammate who was going through things like this. So number one, when y'all first read it, were y'all really surprised or were y'all more like, well, I mean, it just got out of there. Yeah. That was just one of those. It's, it was another one of those times like, damn, dog, come on, bro. Like, you messing up, but it's not the first time. I remember my rookie year, my rookie year, one of my teammates was married with a kid and then found out that he got another chick pregnant and they stayed together. Him and his wife stayed together and we would go over to that house and hang out and kick it like everything was sweet. And I was just like, yo, like, but you just knocked up another chick. And then now like the kids grew up together around the same age. And this was like in 2003, I'm super green coming from Memphis. Like I didn't, you know, and it was like kind of, it is what it is. That was the mentality you figured out early on. And so I done been through and seen a lot of different things. This this scenario with Earl didn't surprise me. Um, I'm glad that it, it didn't become a scenario where somebody got hurt because she took she took the 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 clip out the chamber or took the clip out thinking that she was just gonna scare him, but it was it was a bullet in the chamber. Yeah, and she she didn't maybe she didn't know no better, maybe she did, but I'm thinking she didn't know any better and she would have messed around and killed him and thinking, you know, or got killed herself when they was wrestling it over. So you can kind of look back at it and in some respects respects laugh because when you look at the the the, the scenario in totality, you got Snapchat location searches on and why are you making that available? Why are you on Snapchat anyway? Like it's a lot of things that I'm asking like as a married dude, like, come on now, there's ways that you move as a single dude and there's ways that you move as a married dude and keep yourself out of trouble. And a lot of those rules were broken. And so then you got the scenario, the fact that he came out before TMZ did and, and, and put it out there like, hey, this is finna happen. Like it's, it's, it's so much to it, it's so much to it, but I'm just glad that nobody got hurt. You know what I'm saying? Because it could have very yeah. easily been a scenario where somebody would have got killed. Mm-hmm. Well, he he came out and like spoke on it before TMZ dropped it. Yeah, he came yeah. out the night like before. an hour or so before he, they reported. He said, "Hey, just oh, a heads up. Okay. This is about TMZ to drop. got this story that's about to drop." So, man, so like of it. <laughs> to me. I think that uh, definitely, like like what Wade said, man, like when you're married, you have to move differently. That's number one. Um, but also, like Wade said, this does not surprise me. It doesn't. And just because, like, playing in the league or just being in that type of industry, you see a lot of things. And I mean a lot of things that 
will almost get you numb to, you know, seeing controversy or nonsense or whatever. Now, like I said, obviously, you know, him being held at gunpoint, that like, that's, you know, that's, that really kind of like, you know, blew my mind, opened my eyes. But as far as like the infidelity, uh, obviously you shouldn't be doing that on your wife. I think we can all agree on that. But like, that's not like a huge revelation or like a huge surprise. You know what I mean? Um, obviously when you're an athlete, you're in the public eye, it's going to be more magnified, but like there's, you know, the guy working down, down the street at the Kroger that's like cheating on his wife. So it's not like it's something that we ain't never heard before, but when you actually read it, yeah, it seems like something out of like a Tyler Perry movie when you read it. <laughs> like her, the brother, the squad that she- And, and then the, with her, I, like, got, I got something that, for that's all That's not you normal guys. to me though. Her, uh, her grabbing her girls with her to go handle it. That's, that's very- But that's the girls normal. swinging knives in the middle of the fight too I think though. it was just like, one knife though, apparently. It was just one knife. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, to, to me, it's like, I think that uh, I, I, and I, and I wait, I'm pretty sure you're going to push back on this. <laughs> What's that? And, I, and Fig, I'm pretty sure you will too. And I know you will, Jasmine. I think of it like this. Should you be doing stuff like that? No, of course not. You got to have self-control. You got to move differently when you say I do. Oh, uh, That's number one. But I will say this. Is that whenever you think of certain people that are in a certain, let's say, tax bracket, in a certain level of limelight, certain level of temptation is thrown at them, you kind of wonder, is that something that's almost not going to just come with the territory? I'm not saying it should all, all the time, but you do wonder, is it something that just kind of comes with the territory? And I'll, I'll go ahead, I'll, pu I'll, I'll pull it back, and I'll reverse it. Just like if you remember back when J-Lo was dating her dancer? I know you guys remember that, right? Yes. Yeah. J-Lo is, I don't even know how old she is. She's what, 50? She looks yeah. like she's 25. Uh, like J-Lo is, we all know she's very wealthy. I don't know how much money she got, but I know it's a fucking lot. But if I'm her dancer and I'm dating her, do I really, really expect her to like come home every night to just me and <laughs> not be nobody else in like in her periphery, do I really, really expect that? I you know should. what. No, yeah, you should. But does that mean that that's realistic for you to expect that? That's all I'm asking. I don't know if it's about expectation. It's about uh, having understanding of what the ground rules are. Like in other words, like everybody's situation is different. So there I you go. Dudes, I know dudes that have understandings with whoever they with, and it's kind of like. You do what you do, but don't put it out on front street where everybody can see it. It could be that could be the scenario in this case. It could be the yeah. scenario. It could be something where it's just completely doing something off to the side and you just took completely wrong. People, when you were talking about earlier about how there are certain people in certain tax brackets or whatever celebrities that um, I think of like uh, Will Smith and Jada Pinkett, they had understandings. There's stuff, yeah. certain things that will go on that mm -hmm. would be a normal relationship, you would say, but for them, that's what they do. That's what works for them. And they've been together for, I don't know how long, forever, 20, some 30 years, whatever long it's yeah. been. So that kind of is what it is. It's just having an understanding with your significant other. That, that goes for anybody in any relationship. If you have an understanding, 
and you stay within those parameters, you'll be straight. But when you straight when up you break those rules, then they come into your house to your Airbnb with a pistol in their hand, and 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 that's when things go sideways. And so that's that's what happened in this scenario right here. Look like. <laughs> and then the crazy part is, it is Stanford is like I'll be hearing other stuff along with this. Like right now, this is a crazy story. Mm-hmm. There's been some other stuff that I heard about this thing where it turns into like Paul Bunyan, tall tail type <laughs> story. <laughs> and, and and when I heard that, I just shake my head and like, damn, dog, if that's true. And the the bad part about it is it's got a jaded mentality because it's it wouldn't be surprising one bit. And I can't get into specifics, but it wouldn't. It just once you you know. I think I know what you're talking about too. It just you just be like, damn, it don't even surprise me, bro. Don't even surprise me. They they good right now. Apparently they back to you know they good. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I mean I don't think they're gonna break up or anything over this. I mean like he been with that girl too long. I think yeah, Nina he been with her too long. Obviously they're in love. I get it. He was found at the Airbnb with his brother. I get that, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think that they're gonna like separate, divorce, anything like that. I think they still gonna. Uh, have a long, lengthy marriage. I gotta ask the fellas on this this deal. Like, Brian, do you got a brother? Uh, I have a sister. I don't have a brother. I know where you're going with this. I don't have a brother. You got a brother? No, I don't. I don't, I don't want to hear with a brother. I know. I've been hearing like people being like feeling some type of way because it was him and his brother with the group of like taking the whole like if you had a brother, is that? Off limits is probably tough to tell because you don't have a brother. You don't know. Well, that. I think uh, are, are you are you asking? Wait, I, I think I know what you're asking. I know where you're going. <laughs> with this. I'm gonna go ahead and just I'll tell I'll tell I'll say this, okay? Uh, Jasmine, couple years. <laughs> uh, um, when it comes to those types of scenarios, situa- those types of situations, yeah. I'm sorry, but like. I can be, I, I have to be the only dick in the room. I have to be. <laughs> that's kind of weird. That's weird. That's, that's suspect on his end. And my, you know, from a woman's perspective, looking at him and his brother together, that's very odd. That's weird. And I, as the woman in the situation, I'm, I should, she should have been questioning why are these brothers doing this together? Well, apparently it was multiple girls there. It was yeah. multiple girls. In the oh, yeah, it, was mu- it was multiple girls there. It was yeah, like it a was- bunch of girls there and then them two dudes. So I guess the, the scenario is if you don't have a brother or sister. I mean, if you don't have a brother, like if it was a scenario where it was you and your best friend and you'll have like, I don't know, five, six, whatever it is. Is that a scenario that is a, is a deal breaker? Like now you got to go in another room or is it just like it's a free for all? Man, you know, uh, let me go. I'll, I'll go ahead and take that. Uh, I remember, <laughs> I remember my freshman year at U of H. I remember uh, there was there was a young lady, and she was at the apartment complex, uh, Cambridge Hills, right over there on campus. And I do remember a specific scenario where we all basically kind of it's like we had like a little ticket in our hand, like we kind of you know wait our turn. And, but even, but even then it was more so like one guy leaves, next guy goes in. Um, and even that kind of disgusted me to an extent. Um, and I was, I was 18 at the time. Yeah, and, yeah. 
you know, obviously, like I said, every man, well, not every man, but a lot of men, especially athletes, have like ran a locomotive on a female before. Train. Let's go ahead and call it that. Um, but I'm not really a fan of all that. Uh, I'm I'm a Leo. I'm kind of selfish. Um, I have to be the only dick in the room just because I'm sorry. We can be brothers. You're my homeboy, but like, I don't need to see you like in that type of light. I just don't. And I don't need there to be a situation where we both accidentally bump into each other or touch one another. Like, no, I, I don't need that possibility. I'm a Leo. I need the show to myself. <laughs> wait, wait, I'm, I'm a DB. You know that. I'm you've been, a DB. You've been like, practicing social distancing for years now. Going way, <laughs> way back. You know what I mean? <laughs> we we but, too close, homie. Like, you're going to have to go in another room. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that, that right there, when I read that um, about how, like, when they came into the house, him and his brother were both naked, I'm like, Man, like, <laughs> hey, have y'all seen? Have y'all seen the memes going around? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, it's been the hilarious. Best, the best tag team, Steiner <laughs> <laughs> Brothers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the one they've been uh, doing the video with Skip Bayless. That was hilarious. When Skip I didn't Bayless see that like, one. yeah, I got yeah. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, but yeah, yeah. That, that, go go ahead. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that it, way brings up a good point where it's like, if there's multiple women, I guess I understand it more. I think the initial thought was like there were tag team and one girl. Now it's kind of weird for brothers to do. But I mean, if there's a lot of girls, admit it, a lot of men, at least if we have in ourselves, we know of people who we cool with who have been in a trained type of situation oh, yeah. at some point. And it's like, we don't think they gay for that, you know? So yeah. It is what it is. I mean, and it's kind of weird, too, that how Jasmine perceives this, because I'm thinking, like, as men, if we get a chance with two sisters and they both fine, you know, that's like a dream scenario. Yeah. It's kind of weird for two brothers to be weird for a girl, where it's like our fantasy is to have two sisters. You know, Future got a song called Real Sisters, you know. Yeah. That's like, that's our thing. So it's kind of weird how the, the opposite don't really really apply to to women that's kind of strange but yeah no i'm not trying to have a good time with you and your brother that's weird hold on hold on now (laughs) i do know of a few select young ladies that in the in in a sports league a prominent sports league in america there is a league that has two guys who are brothers and very, very close to, let's just say, identical. And they told me a few stories about how, like, yeah, like, Stan, like, they're, like, we'll bump into, like, some females, and, like, they just almost, they, like, they want to fuck us both. Like, that's part of, like, their fantasy. <laughs> yeah, like, real talk is crazy as that sound. People like different things, man. People like yeah. different Yeah, yeah. I agree. People, People like different like, things. People yeah. like different things. It ain't for me. <laughs> it's not for me <laughs> yeah. at all. Yeah, I was never a fan of that, man. Like, I felt like, I mean, if you're a teenager, then, yeah, you're doing wild type of shit. But as yeah. a grown-ass man, like, nah, I need, my, I, I, need, I need my own private room. <laughs> we need to be separated. I don't need to be in, in the room with you. <laughs> yeah, nah, man, that's a, yeah, I'm, uh. I'm not, I'm not too uh, too keen on that. Man. I don't need to be in the same room with you. I feel you. 
Uh, so you don't want to hold y'all up too long, man. But I, I had one more question I wanted to get you guys' opinion on. Something that just happened, like, last night, um, involving the quarterback of the Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson. Apparently, Doug Williams said something to the effect of he believes that uh, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun would have been taken ahead uh, of Mitch Trubisky if they were white. And Deshaun Watson kind of replied to another tweet, and he said that the Bears never talked to him. Now, with y'all's uh, perspective being in former NFL players, um, do you think there could have been a racial element to why the Bears didn't talk to Deshaun, why they took Mitch, who was clearly underperformed, opposed to uh, uh, Mahomes and Watson? Do you think that there is a racial element there? I look, I look at it like this, man. Decision makers, when it comes to quarterbacks and franchise guys on their team, they're going to more times than not identify with and connect with and put their investment in somebody that they understand and somebody that reminds them of them. That just, that's people's natural inclination. So if you have a front office and the majority of front offices are Caucasian males, they're going to, there's the, the likelihood of them identifying with understanding wanting to entrust in being comfortable with investing in a particular quarterback is going to be somebody that looks like them. That's, that's people's natural inclination. So you look at the Chicago, like, like think about this. Baltimore Ravens GM at the time when he drafted Lamar Jackson was Ozzie Newsom. The, the GM of the Houston Texans that drafted Deshaun Watson was Rick Smith. So it's, it's, it's a lot easier for you to be a GM or a decision maker and understand when Deshaun says or acts in certain types of way, listen to certain types of music, you understand this dude, he li lives, breathes, and loves football to the utmost, whereas somebody else might not get that from the same thing. They, when we listen to lyrics from Tupac, they don't hit – they hit us a certain way and it hits other people a completely different way. And so if you don't understand people and you don't necessarily, then you, it, it's not like it's going to completely preclude you from messing with that, but it plays a factor. And so I think that had to do with it because Mitchell Trubisky, Trubisky in college wasn't a good quarterback, man. He, he played, he played one season, like, but he looked like the prototypical quarterback and he 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 checked all the boxes, and so it was an easy decision for somebody. Because <laughs> you make those type of decisions, your job is on the line. And so it's a lot of times it's, it's cover your own ass. It's CYA. Now if you if you think about Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes came from Texas Tech. Texas Tech has notoriously yeah. put out quarterbacks that didn't play well in the NFL. Deshaun Watson was his arm his arm strength wasn't up to snuff. You know what I mean? He he wasn't six five, you know what I mean. So he didn't check necessarily all those boxes, but dude's a winner. Pat Mahomes can make every throw in the book. Lamar Jackson, they try to down talk him and say he couldn't throw the ball and he should move positions. But if you watched him play at Louisville, he could throw it, throw the hell out of the ball. He just needed to refine some of his techniques. But he's he's still he's Lamar Jackson. It's easier for a guy like Ozzie Newsom and Rick Smith to make that decision than whoever the GM is that I'm surprised he's still there in Chicago. <laughs> to uh, to piggyback off of what Wade said, 
I definitely do believe that uh, there's that element. I think that maybe not for Pat Mahomes because he went number 10, and I, I forget who was picking three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine in, uh, in those slots as far as did they need a quarterback or not. But I definitely do think that uh, for Deshaun Watson, I definitely think that uh, race played a part and he probably would have been drafted higher because <clears throat> you look at, from what I saw, he torched the hell out of Alabama two times in a row, uh, won the national title. He was, what, All-American, All-ACC, all of that. So, like, check, 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 check. And he's mobile. So, like, where's your wh – where is your reasoning to actually not draft that guy much higher? Now, you look at Mitchell Trubisky, I think that, first of all, Ryan Pitt should be fired over that pit. He should be fired over it. And them trying to bring in Nick Foles to try to, you know, hide it or try to massage it, nah, man, like, bro, you got to get out of here for that because – I think with Ryan Pace, I think he wanted to pull a Bill Belichick-ish type of move. Like, yeah, I believed in that guy when nobody really kind of thought highly of him. You know, I saw something in him. But I definitely think, yeah, with Deshaun Watson, I think it plays a part. And, you know, just to expand on it even more, a lot of that just goes back to the conventional way of thinking with certain African-American quarterbacks that they necessarily can't absorb the entire playbook. You got to condense it down, and they have certain deficiencies. But like I said, Mitchell Trubisky, uh, what's my man out of Buffalo? Josh Allen, they got just as many deficiencies, but that's not going to be held against them as much simply because, like what Wade said, they looked the part. The, uh, the owner, the GM can more so relate to them. But, yeah, I definitely think that uh, that played a part because we look at uh, – what's my man for uh, Clemson? Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Won, the, uh, won a title already, has played in another national championship game. They lost to LSU. But you already are seeing or hearing about teams that are taking for Trevor Lawrence a year ahead of time. And what the hell has Trevor Lawrence done at Clemson that Deshaun did not do at Clemson? But for some reason, you're already seeing, oh, this guy's going to be number one pick already. Like, teams are taking so they can move up in the draft to get him 2021. So, yeah, it definitely plays a part. Definitely. Yeah, I think the same thing pretty much y'all said. Uh, I mean, it's, it's one thing if the Bears, you know, they, they liked – clearly they talked to Mitch and they liked him, but I, I kind of feel like it was a slight to not even talk to Deshaun because apparently the Texans didn't know they wanted to take Deshaun until they met with him and talked with him. So to not even give him that opportunity – That's Bill O'Brien's recollection. That's Bill O'Brien's yeah, that's story. The way and, and that makes sense to me. Rick Smith was the one that moved up and got him. Okay. Rick all along knew that, like, hey, he didn't even think he was going to be available when he was available. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, remember, I, I remember us talking about this going into the draft, and I was like, I wanted Pat Mahomes, and if not Pat Mahomes, or actually I was, I was, Deshaun was one for me, and if you can't get Deshaun, hopefully Pat Mahomes was there. That's how I was going. You know, you you don't watch when you, like you're as somebody that was retired at the time watching somebody perform at such a high level talking about Deshaun Watson the way he played against Alabama those guys there's certain things about them that you know dude is gonna be great not good dude's gonna be great so at the time you knew the Texans needed a quarterback but I think they was picking like 20th or something like that and I was like there's no way he's gonna make it to 20 somebody's gonna pick him I was like they're gonna have to trade up and get him and my whole thing going into it was like. Rick Smith never 
shown that he's going to be aggressive like that and trade up and get somebody. As soon as they said the Texans have traded up, I'm like, yo, oh. they're going to get Deshaun Watson. I'm, I'm jumping up now. Like, yo, I, they, was, they, man, they, I was devastated, I, man. I tweeted at the pony. Like, he's going to get Deshaun. And so, it like, it wasn't a situation where they weren't sold on Deshaun. Rick Smith was. Bill O'Brien was not. Rick Smith, the chances of him actually being available for them to get was just slim to none because of how good of a talent it was, how good of a player it was. And so he became available and they was able to trade up and get him and they got him. And so they, they got a steal. When you talk about all these front office people and decision makers, if they don't open up their mindsets and how they're looking at these quarterbacks, it's going to cost them in the long run. Eventually you're going to have to figure it out that this is what it is in this game today. Like you got to think about Josh Allen. We talk about Josh Allen. Physically, his traits are more like a Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. Those yeah. are the type of quarterbacks that are, you're going to have to have going forward. More likely than not, they're going to be African-American. So you're going to have to figure out ways, PR-wise, figure out ways to way to push these guys so that you can be the, franchise, the face of your franchise and you not be uncomfortable with it. Because these fans love Lamar Jackson. These fans love Deshaun Watson. They love uh, Russell Wilson and Pat Mahomes. They absolutely love them. A lot of times, decision makers, if they don't feel comfortable and they don't know, like, how do we identify with this guy because he's a little bit different than what we're used to, ends up costing them in the long run. And that's that's the thing. Like, if you still have that mentality, you're going to fall to the wayside because that is what the trend. That's how the league is trending right yeah. now. That's to me. It's like the the guys that are smart enough and take advantage of it and try to pick those guys. They're gonna be the ones winning. And, and it's a copycat league. And once enough people do a certain thing, it's easier for everybody else to fall in line. And so I think that's what you're seeing around the NFL. Yeah. Um. And to me, Wade, I'm so happy that Deshaun Watson is in Houston because yeah. I did not think the Texans would ever have a starting franchise black quarterback. I never did. Same here. I, Same here. I always thought they were going to find a way to always have a white quarterback in there. Uh, or if it was That's a black interesting to me, though, because I'm from Dallas, right? And so mm -hmm. one of my favorite quarterbacks growing up was Warren Moon. Yeah. Right? And so to me, Houston was one of those cities that it was okay. But when I hear a lot of Houstonians talk about it, back when the Vince Young situation went down and it was just like the Texans ain't no way they're gonna have a black quarterback. Yes, so I guess I guess I was thinking more. I guess I and I don't, don't want to cut you off. I, I was thinking more about I guess uh, the Bob McNair regime or the Bob McNair owned Houston Texans than mm -hmm. just the Houston Texans or the Houston Oilers just as a as an organization in Houston Texans. I was thinking of more like of that Houston Texans. But it's not yeah. it's not just you, Ryan. It's, and I've heard multiple people say they're like, man, ain't no way they'll ever have a black quarterback here in Houston. And to me, Houston, like Houston, Atlanta, DC, these are all the places where it's it's much easier yeah. to, to have a situation like that because the city is, if not predominantly African-American, it's American, it's, it's so significant yeah. that it's, it's, it's actually a plus to have an African-American quarterback. But that just, when I hear that about Houston, it's, it's surprising. It's, 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 we still in the great state of Texas. It's still Texas, but at the same time, it's like Houston is. I don't know what the demographics are, but it's probably like the city of Houston is probably like forty, at least forty percent African American. 
Yeah, I think it is. Um, and you're, you're right. Like Warren Moon, one of my favorite quarterbacks all the time, playing for the Houston Oilers, having to go to Canada first to, you know, kind of get his, his, his start. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, obviously I wouldn't whip you guys long in 2012, but that around the league and even from the small time I was there in y'all's locker room, that was just kind of always like the thought process that I always got. I could be wrong on it. could be all the way wrong. But it always just appeared like they would like they're leaning more towards Haiti rather than you know Yates High School. If you catch what I'm saying. But Wade, I'm gonna ask you this, and I I I feel like it happens, but maybe I could be wrong. So you go ahead and give give me your take on it. It seems like every year, and you know, with Mitchell the Mitchell Trubisky's of the world, it seems like every year the NFL just pick somebody that they're going to go ahead and throw up there at the top of the draft or the top of the quarterback boards where it's like, you know what? This guy wasn't really great in college, but he's going to be drafted really high because I feel like the NFL feels like they have to have quarterbacks go high in the draft. So you got your tours, you got your, uh, you got your Joe Burrows, obviously they're great quarterbacks coming out of college. But I feel like every year they take at least one quarterback and he's going to have a certain type of paint job. You know what I mean? Mm. And they just throw him to the top of the draft. Like they just shoot him up there. And it's like that dude was like not even like all conference, like in his own in his own backyard. So like, why the hell is he projected top 10, top 15? And so, you know, whenever I see the Jordan Loves, whenever I see the Mitchell Trubisky's, and guys like that, it's like Justin, Justin, Justin Herbert. That his name, Justin Herbert. Yeah, like now, now I remember hearing a lot about him in the summertime, even leading up to the 2019 season. But like when I see guys like Mitchell Trubisky, like how the fuck do you not make the All Conference in ACC and you're going number two in the draft, or even if there even being a conversation about you going high in the draft? Jordan Love, my man Josh Allen from uh, Wyoming. You know, Josh Allen was not even all, I don't even know what conference Wyoming is in. He was not even all <laughs> that conference. Big Sky or something like that, Big West. Yeah, like, you're not even all <laughs> Big Sky, and I'm going to take you fucking number nine overall? To answer your question, and I, I'm going to try to be quick because I, I don't want to hijack Ginger Juice. I, they got somebody else waiting on. on yeah, yeah, we got shout out to Fat Tony. He just joined, by the way. But, yeah, Tony. But, but to answer your question real quick, I would say like this. There's a system in place with the league to where they want to pay certain players a certain amount of money. So the more quarterbacks that are drafted, the higher, the more it, it, it plays into the system what they want, where you're going to pay the franchise guys and then everybody else falls in stair step below it. So you don't you would much rather have your your franchise quarterback being the one getting paid the most on the team as opposed to a wide receiver, a running back, certain other positions. They they have worked the system to where all right, running backs are only going to get this kind of money, receivers get this kind of money, quarterbacks get this kind of money, offensive linemen get this kind of money, and that's the way in their business model to where it works the best for the league. League is the, the, the most well-run, NFL is the most well-run professional sports league that there is in America. And so do I think there's something to that? Yeah, I think there's something to that, Stan, that they, they will try to boost quarterbacks and, yeah. and and make guys be not necessarily what they have, the evidence shows that they are in order to, to keep the system running as smooth as possible so they can keep the party going. So, yeah, I think mm. there's something to that. 
Shoot, I agree. good points all around, man. Great discussion. Um, and yeah, I think we all hope the culture changes soon, but you know, the NFL is stubborn, so we'll see how things go. Um, but yeah, we really appreciate y'all joining us, man. Way Smith and Stanford route. Follow them on social media. Do y'all have any uh any I know everything's closed down, man. But do y'all have any projects or things going on you want to plug? Stan, you can go first. <laughs> man, uh nothing really going on right now. Um just <laughs> trying to stay alive every day. Man. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> Follow that man on social media. What's your Instagram, man? S Route 26. That's yes, two sir. T's. Two T's. Yeah, but you, you keep up with me at uh, at Smitty74 all day on Twitter and Instagram and at Wade Smith Found on Twitter and Instagram. Wade Smith Foundation, that's my, uh, my, my charitable organization foundation that I've started since 2012. And um, we're, we're doing, we're starting to do virtual readings to, to kids through our website and trying to figure out ways to adapt to the scenario so that we can keep reaching out to, to kids all over Houston and all over, all over the world, really, when you do it virtually. So, uh, that's what I got going on with me. And hey, like you saying, just trying to stay healthy, keep your family good and keep mentally healthy, physically healthy and, and get out of this situation as soon as possible. So we can get as close to normal as possible. I feel you there, man. I feel you there for sure. Um, thank you all again for joining us, man. Thank you all thank a lot. We really appreciate it. And we'll see y'all soon, man. Yes. Thank no, y'all so much. No problem, man. Everybody be safe. Yeah. All right. And we have another special guest on Bad the, <laughs> um, what's happening what's good y'all fat tony yes, joins us again yes. man one of our favorite guests our last actual in-studio guest by the way because i know right right when we had you uh we were talking about the coronavirus then yeah and i remember you asked us how serious do you think it's gonna be it's before the whole state country shut down yeah and crazy. i think we that were all yeah. So, uh, yeah, you had a show the weekend before or that that same weekend you had a show here. And yeah, I guess that was probably I, one of your last shows. So that was well, my last show in person for sure. I, I played Houston the night before I came to y'all show. And then the next night I played Austin. And actually, I think it was the day I came to y'all show was when they canceled South by Southwest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's when everything started flooding in like. I was getting tons of calls from my agent, texts from people wondering if other shows are gonna get canceled. I don't think that we really had like a grasp on how serious this is gonna be, but um, I am glad that we had that one last moment to like link up, meet y'all, get on y'all's show. And I'm, I'm glad like to the last minute I played some motherfucking shows. You know what I mean? Yes, <laughs> and it was bomb I got a too, taste it was bomb. It. Yes. Yeah, man. Can so, you walk cool, us through man. your backdrop? I, I mean, oh, your background. So this is all right. So this whole virtual background shit on Zoom is totally new to me. My <laughs> my friend had a birthday party a couple nights ago, and I just figured out how to do this. So right now I'm rocking this old photo. This is me on Halloween night in 2016. This is actually in Houston. I'm at wow. a club, and I'm wearing my signature blonde wig. I can ask, you know, I, just, I feel like it's perfect. I'm a fan. Now, you know? <laughs> I'm a fan. Two Tonys, you know, it's like the Jekyll and Hyde. You feel me? <laughs> you raging in the background, man. I respect you, though. Yes. <laughs> so, shoot, man, I, I see you being very active on Instagram and social media. I feel like you're one of the artists who is, I'm not going to say acclimated to it, 
but you're making the most of your current situation. I see you doing DJ sets on Instagram Live, chopping and screwing songs, keeping the culture alive, man, I love that. So how have you adapted to this new normal? This may, might be the new normal for now where, you know, people, artists can't do shows, artists can't make money in the tradi traditional sense right now. How have you kind of acclimated to the current environment as an artist? Well, the first thing I did was, I want to say it was the week after I met y'all, which was like the week that everybody around the country started to understand the importance of, of washing your hands and wearing masks and all that. It was really affecting us, finally. Um, that very first week, I decided to throw a concert. I put on a live stream concert on my YouTube, which was also a fundraiser for the Houston Food Bank. Um, I like found a venue. I found my buddy who could do the live stream process, and we put on a concert with full production, sound, lights, everything. I performed a full set, and I raised at least $1,500 for the Houston Food Bank, which oh, they wow. told me. I, I can't remember the ex exact number, but that translates to like four and a half thousand meals for people, you know? So I felt really good that I could instantly adapt through doing a live stream thing. And I'm glad that I had people that could help me with it who had done it before. And I'm glad that I could turn it into something that would benefit people in the in the city of Houston that need help the most, you know? Absolutely. Thank you for doing that. And congrats yeah, sure. on, on the the proceeds and everything that you were able to raise. That's, that's a great look for sure. Thank you. That's real big, man. That's real big. So as an artist, I know people are starting to think, you know, cause we don't know when this is going to end. Um, do you kind of have a basic outline for how are you going to live your life um, in the coming months for the rest of the year? Probably because shows probably aren't going to be a thing for a while now. Yeah. Um, do you, do you kind of have a, a thought process on, how the industry and artists are going to survive right now, um, how they're going to be able to make money and how they're going to be able to at least somewhat thrive in the current climate. Because I think people are still consuming music. We're still seeing yeah. a lot of big releases and streaming numbers are good, but you know, live shows where a lot of artists get money aren't a thing right now. So what are your thoughts on that? Man, I think that it's all about being clever. You know, this isn't the first time that artists or entertainers have been hit with a big crisis, whether it's a pandemic or it's a war or it's a, you know, it's a recession or a depression or whatever the case could be. I think it's about being clever and finding ways to still reach your audience and to build an audience. And I think that is different for every person. You know, some artists can start to like rely more on the licensing and, and sync side of the business, because that can happen even without us being able to congregate. You know, TV and films are still coming out. They still need music. If you can have a situation where you can get your music in those films and shows and commercials, then that could be a revenue stream that you could focus on more right now. Um, one thing that I love about this time is it seems that people are eager to buy music and merch directly from the artists. So I've seen a big boost on my Bandcamp, which is a platform where artists can sell their merchandise, can sell their music, and they offer the artists and record labels a much bigger cut than most streaming services. And you can buy the music actually on it. You can buy the MP3s, et cetera. 
So it's kind of like a mix of an iTunes and Spotify all in one, but it's really focused for independent artists and record labels. And I've seen a huge boom in that um, just because I think people understand that artists are hurting right now and they want to support them. Honestly, I feel really lucky because I put out a new album in February, right before this happened. And I have another album coming out this year in October. So I have plenty of music to give to people to keep them tuned into my world. You know, I think a lot of people right now are kind of scrambling to make some content to keep people tuned in. And I think that can be a mistake if you're not leading with the right intention doing that. Like if you're uh, kind of feeling agree. desperate or feeling thirsty and that's why you're going on IG Live a lot or like trying to put out songs a lot, you know, I think people can, can kind of pick up on it. But if you just keep a cool head and just keep pushing your art the way that you would without the pandemic, I think that people will feel that and will want to support you. I absolutely agree with that. Uh, I think it's very obvious those that are just pushing to get attention, pushing to drive traffic to their page, and those that are absolutely taking the time and perfecting their craft and still not letting this pandemic get the best of, of their creativity and their talent. So I appreciate, you know, the fact that, yes, we're bored. Yes, we're at home. We want music. We want content. But if it's not your best content, don't give it to us. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's one thing I've noticed, too. Not everybody got to be on live. I mean, if you're a <laughs> yes. performer or artist, I get it. But if you are a regular dude, if you a woman just cooking in your kitchen, you know, yeah. unless you're twerking at the same time, we ain't all got to see all that. So, <laughs> man, <laughs> don't honestly, gotta... just, just the other day, I, I saw two of my friends on live just like drinking. They were just hanging out there at the house <laughs> drinking. They, they had like maybe three people watching. They're like, oh, so-and-so's in the room. And it's just like, man, why are y'all all here? Like, y'all just chilling. <laughs> and not you know, like that's, I, that's like I think the... people are starting to get tired of like the IG Live and stuff. Like I remember in like March, my whole feed was IG Live wall to wall. Now it's starting to like dwindle some. I think people are kind of picking up on the fact that like not everybody's gonna have proper audio. You know what I mean? They're getting tired of watching niggas in their fucking sweatpants hanging out at home. <laughs> Playing video games. Yeah. That that got to be the worst, the, the most awkward thing is jumping on somebody live by mistake. And it's like yes. one person. <laughs> so you know how you sometimes you be scrolling, looking at um, different stuff and you click the live by mistake and you the only one in there and they like, oh, yeah. oh, we got so-and-so in here. It's exactly, like, oh, they yeah. start shouting you out. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, man, you be the only one in there? I was like, man, I gotta go. Man, I but honestly though, you know, I am not going to like resist the whole live streaming thing. I'm going to adapt to it. I'm gonna keep doing IG Live DJ sets, which is just something that I really do for fun. You know, it's, it's like shit that I do at home anyway because it's good practice and I love music and I really love sharing music. And I find that when I get on my live, there's like certain people who are always tuning in and, and they're like letting others know what, what the songs are. And they're, you know, it's, it's, I like try to create an environment for people who love music and are curious about music to come hang out and not just play like just straight club shit too. I try to put people on the music that I wouldn't play normally at a club. That's, that's one of the things that's a positive that as a DJ, when I get on live now, 
I'm not beholden to just playing the hits or just playing what's going to turn the club up. I can play some of that and play songs that are like deep cuts or rare songs or just like stuff that means a lot to me. It's just like another way to open myself up to people that did what I do. I appreciate that. I appreciate the versatility. I appreciate um, not, you know, just things that you love to hear, not necessarily what's hot at the time. And I think um, going back to just people putting out content, just because people are putting out content doesn't mean it's hot. Doesn't mean it's good. So it's, it's nice to see people get on there and be authentic and be their true selves and not put on for the audience that they, that they think they are, are watching, but absolutely playing and enjoying themselves. And you can, you can tell it, it, it definitely displays itself when you're watching people's lives too, who's doing it for themselves and who's doing it for the clout or um, the attention that they may receive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, man. On that topic, what do you think about the versus battles, man? The battles like DJ Premier and RZA, Babyface and Teddy Riley. Are you a fan of that? Do you think it's kind of overhyped? What do you think about those? I think that they're cool in concept, but none of them have personally like really grabbed me. Like the only one that I watched was RZA and was RZA and uh, Primo because I was just kind of curious. But when I tuned in, their audio was janky. And I just couldn't stand watching it. You know what I mean? Like that's that's probably my biggest beef with any of the live stream content is that the audio's bad. It just kind of takes me totally out of it. Like if you don't have the audio going directly into your phone or into your interface or your laptop or whatever you're using, then it's kind of hard for me to really vibe with it properly and like hear what is going on. It just kind of feels like I'm it's just it's, it's when there's so many other options out there. How can I tune into that when like the audio is bad? No matter who it is, personally, you know what I mean. But I think as a concept, it is dope because it's putting on all these old school artists that might have not been talked about, especially in like the mainstream for a while, and it's giving them like like some new leverage in their whole career. You know what I mean? Deep, 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 nice, primo, RZA. Uh, Teddy Riley, Babyface, all these people are legends, but it's easy to forget about them because they're from a different era. But through this versus stuff, we can really like get back to our roots. You know what I mean? For sure. I feel you, man. Uh, yeah, and I, I agree that if the audio ain't right, that kind of takes much. me out of it too. Oh yeah, by the way, special guest joining us again. Man, we haven't seen in a while. Uh, Jack Freeman is also here. Jack, you Jack Freeman, what's happening? <laughs> what's happening? Hey. Where are you at the gym? <laughs> yes, Y'all look where, healthy. Where are you? Yeah. Are you breaking quarantine, man? Where you at, bro? Oh, he at the bar. Like you getting a haircut. Oh, man. I'm oh. quarantined in the gym right now. Are you in the wow. gym? Yeah, it's just me and me and my guy CJ over here. What? Nah. See, I, I got to hate, man. I got to hate right now. All y'all people with the gym hookups who are currently Yo, going to close up. gyms and we still getting that. your workout on. Well, nobody else can go to the gym and lift weights, man. Y'all cheating the game, dog. Hey, man, look. Gotta, we're social distancing, but we're doing it healthy. That, nah, man. That's not fair, dog. That I'm envious of everybody who got the secret access to the gyms and the barbershops and whatnot. Y'all man, celebrities, y'all. man. Nah, my barber, my barber was like, "Nah, we we gonna wait, we gonna wait." So that's why I got this hat on right now. Yes, What's sir, going down, yes, Fat Tony? What's going on? 
What's happening, Jack? Good to see you. Chilling, man. I, I like your background. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. You got, you got the, the real Big James thing going back there. <laughs> One of the baddest motherfuckers of all time. <laughs> Biggie, Ryan Rocket, what's going down? We good, man. We good. Long time no see. How good? How are you, bro? Man, I'm good, man. I'm just, uh, I'm just kicking it. Jazz, what's going on? I see you over there, looking yeah, radiant. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, man, it's been a while. It's been a while. We just, you know, trying to stay, trying to stay out the way. I feel you, man. As we should. So, so we haven't talked to you in a minute, man. How have you been? The same kind of thing we asked Fat Tony, man. Like, how have you acclimated to this new environment? Um, you know, it's art. A lot of artists can't tour right now. Really, nobody can. So, man, yeah. how, how are you holding up, man, physically, spiritually, and all that? Uh, you know, I've had my days, but uh, for the most part, like, I've just been able to uh, kind of stay writing and, you know, got the setup at the career, so I, I work out. I mean, I, I, well, I work out at home, and then I, uh, you know, try to do some some writing and all that kind of stuff. So I'm kind of, like, writing my way out of it and, you know, uh, looking up every now and then, kind of like trying to learn the craft and all of that kind of stuff. And for me, I'm not really a picky TV watcher a lot of the time. So like, there's never a shortage of, of shit for me to like, to watch. <laughs> so, you know. What have you been you know, watching? What do we watch? Uh, let's see, we watched Ozark. We watched, uh, um, I tried to watch Tiger King. I haven't gotten oh into God, it man. completely yet. Um, why, why, uh, okay, why can't you get into Tiger King? Is it too white? What's yeah, it it's just white hillbilly method <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. Yes. And they get TVs about it, man. They get, <laughs> but like, uh, but like, you know, what else did I get? Um, I watched the uh, the HBO. Uh, Yo, Tiger yeah, King feels Atlanta, so fucking old Michigan. now. Tiger King feels like it happened like ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feel like it feel like it happened like ten years ago, and and you know, like there's so much other shit that's been dropping. Like, uh, I watched that uh, Atlanta's uh, missing and and uh, oh, murdered. I've been wanting to watch that. I've been wanting to watch that. The children. It's very sad. So if you don't have the, uh, if you if you're not really uh, mentally there up to watch it, it's gonna really bring you down. Um, I need to wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, I watched The Pharmacist. I think that was happening. Totally forgot about right that. Yeah. Uh, the uh, movie, The Pharmacist, or the series? This, the the, uh, the Netflix series. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. Um, that one's pretty depressing, too. Um, what else did I watch, man? Uh, Money Heist. I caught the second season of All American. Coach uh, Baker. Man, that shit's gotten worse, man. I can't, I can't understand it. Yeah, they got Coop it's, out there looking weak. It's too cliche, man. <laughs> got Coop too, out there looking, it's too cliche weak for me. Fuck like a snake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, uh, oh, uh, that show What If on Netflix. Hmm. What's that about? Uh, it's about uh, Renee Zellweger, the chick from uh, from Johnny McGuire. I mean, uh, Jerry Maguire. Oh, She's, yeah. She's uh, like this billionaire or whatever. <laughs> And uh, she <laughs> offers like eighty million dollars to this lady to for her. Uh, oh, for I see. I, I see that. Yeah, you have to sign a contract to you know because she she basically was trying to get at the husband in a in a not like sexually, but you'll figure out it when you watch it. It's a 
Yeah. Um, it's like a soap opera almost. Uh, hmm. uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty. Yeah, I've really been watching good. Insecure. Been watching Black Monday. Okay. Yo, what How do you, do you feel about, about Insecure? This, this new season, of Insecure. It's, insecure is kind of consistent. It's consistent. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, I heard mixed things about the new season. I don't know how that I feel good. about. Well, it. you know, I, I like it. It's you know, it's. I have a question. We got a lot of shitty shit. Why is it ever since Insecure season two, they just keep adding more and more fucking to every episode? Like, like I feel <laughs> oh, like yeah, they season one, fucking, fucking. there like wasn't a whole lot of sex, but from season two on, they're always fucking on Insecure. <laughs> yeah, they got <laughs> just hey, me. They gotta have sex, healthy sex lives, Tony. <laughs> That's the I, mean, H- I think that's damn. the HBO rules. You gotta have sex I, in every <laughs> damn near episode, almost. You gotta have some hunching going on in H- on HBO. I, I'm mad that they I'm mad that they got rid of vinyl on HBO. Oh, you after like one that season. That's a great show. Wow, people were fucking sitting on it, but I never watched yeah. it honestly. That's a really good it show. It's a really good show. Yeah, that's dope. But uh, yeah, man, there's a lot of stuff coming. You know. That I've been watching and trying to catch up on, so you know. Yeah, that's good, man. I, I gotta good catch time. up too, man. I'm I'm over here watching the fucking Sopranos for the second time. I, I watched the whole series for the first time last year. Loved it. Now I'm revisiting that bitch. It's, it's yeah, my so dad. Crazy. There's like more to peak. I think my you know dad I mean? watched it for the fourth time. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Me and him need to chop it up. Yeah. Then he started. <laughs> um. Then he started Game of Thrones again. I I never really did. Get into Game of Thrones, but me neither. Oh, you know what? There's three shows on Apple Music that I, I mean Apple TV that I've been watching. Um, one of them is called. Uh, let me walk outside because this, this thing is. Um, one is called. Um, uh, the Morning Show. The Morning Show was dope. That's a uh, that's got a. Well, isn't that about a, a what's Matt Lauer? A Steve Carell. Show about him. Yeah, it's kind of loosely like the whole storyline is kind of Matt Lauerish. Okay. Um, so that was the, with a uh, with a uh, Jennifer Aniston and and Reese Witherspoon. Okay, that's yeah, the heard of that. Then, that's the uh, Apple TV that too. show C. Yeah, then it's that show C on Apple TV. Okay. Um, it's a movie. It's a TV show about a. It kind of gives you like a Game of Thrones type of vibe, but it's like a post-apocalyptic uh, era where um, uh, an apocalypse happens and all of the people that uh, survive the apocalypse go blind. And so they fast forward oh, about shit. three or 400 years where the entire human, ra- human race on the planet is blind. And, um, uh, but there's like two, or three people in the in the in this on the planet that um that can see and they're kids and they don't know that they can see until you know uh, somebody gives them the knowledge or whatever. So their dad passes on this knowledge to them and they show them how to read books and all of that kind of stuff. Well, the queen in the show is one of those people that um is they call the people that can see witches basically because they have this power that nobody else has and so they kind of try to keep them silenced because if they if they can see then they can learn how to read and they can learn how to uh, control all of the people around them because nobody Can't else they can. just beat everybody else's so, ass? Yeah, they could. <laughs> and But then but then there's so many more people that can't see, right? So they're like, for every person, like there's like thousands of people on this show, 
but um, nobody else can, you know, none of them can see but these two people. But all of these people are really trained at combat and, um, oh, shit. and you know, they can, they've learned to, without being able to see anything. Oh, okay. Smell things from a mile away. They can hear like, things uh, from, from miles away. They, they know when people have been there, they know all that kind of stuff. So, so uh, like Denzel and So it's kind of like an evolution type thing. It's like, yeah, yeah, but just even further along. Okay. So, um, yeah, so uh, Jason Momoa is in that show. That's a really dope show. And um, what's that other show? Um, Yo, fellas, I got to head to the grocery uh, show. All right, Fat uh, Tony, appreciate like, you joining us, man. Wear your yeah, mask. Yeah, thank you for stopping by. Be safe, wear your mask. Sir. Thank you, Jasmine. <laughs> yeah, right, Jack, bro. I'll let you, bro. All right. Peace. Yes, sir. That's Fat Tony. Follow him on Instagram, yeah, Twitter, yeah, you know, all that. So, we got to get the Jack of All Trades podcast going, man. Oh, shit, man. If fucking, if we're ever allowed back <laughs> to record anything, because, <laughs> yeah. like, it's, it's been tough to do anything and fucking yeah, we, we, yeah, record that, we gotta, so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll work. Hopefully, we yeah. get to some shit like for that sure, popping soon. Sure. Um, Tony, Tony so, left, huh? Yeah, Tony had to dip. For sure. Yeah, so... uh I got. Uh, okay, I think cool, you're cool. you're lagging a little bit, man. So I got one more question yeah, for I you, am. bro. Um, yeah. so for forty k, would you do a feature with Takashi six nine? For forty k, I slap Takashi six nine. Nah, uh, man, a feature, one feature, one one chorus he on a song. You, he hits you up for a verse, man. He hits you up Hi, for man. a verse. I'm not. I'm not letting it. I'm not letting it happen. For forty k. Nah, I can't do it. All right, <laughs> can't do 50. it, man. <laughs> nah, fifty. I can't do it. A hundred. <laughs> I can't do it. I respect the only way that respect the the only way that will have to happen is no one will have to know that I'm ever even on it. Don't feature me on it. I'm on auto tune, so nobody can tell it's me. <laughs> you know. You, hey. But like, ain't nobody just going. <laughs> oh, you auto tune. I respect the voice you. A little bit. No, hey, you know Joe Budden gonna peep you out. Like, oh wait a minute, that was Jack Freeman. I can tell the. <laughs> no, he's not gonna do that. He's not yes, gonna sir. do that. <laughs> but nah, I, no, no Takashi six nine. <laughs> Lie, Jack. I know you in there getting a workout, man. So uh, we we gonna let you go. But we really appreciate it, man. Anything you working on right now? Anything recording? Anything you doing? Anything you want to promote or plug? Yeah, I got a couple projects I'm working on, man. So I don't know when I'm going to drop them, but uh, I do got that new record, uh, uh, Badu Blues, out. Go check that shit out. Okay. Um, uh, that's on all the streaming platforms. Got some things in the works. So, uh, you know, just just stay tuned for it. Word. Yes, sir. Gotcha. Yes, sir. Once check that out on Spotify, all the music platforms and all that. Jack, sure. we really appreciate you dropping in and, and joining us, man. And we'll link up soon, bro. For Woo. sure, man. Good to see y'all. Yes, sir. Too. Stay safe. safe. All right, then. Y'all Take too. Take care. All right, peace out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so shit, man. It's the perfect time to finally talk about some some shit between ourselves. You know, yeah. a little <laughs> classic gems and juice time right now. Uh, so first off, let's break off some new releases, man. Um, some shit came out 
uh, that Jasmine has very, very been been very <laughs> excited about. I'm excited, and I'm just gonna ignore the fact that y'all ignored me, but it's okay. We're here now. Ignored you how? I tw- I texted both of you in the group chat and was like, I'm so excited <laughs> to talk to y'all about this, and y'all straight ignore me. But it's what fine. did we? What are we supposed to say? I mean, like it, acknowledge it. <laughs> Let me know that you saw it, so I know that we're here. Fair enough. I feel you. <laughs> Okay, well, you're not gonna like what I have to say about the project. I know you. But... I know I'm not. I know, but it's, it's fine. I I don't even care. Like it's fine. So <laughs> let let let's break it down first. So Chris Brown and Young Thug dropped a surprise release. Um, it was actually not even on a Friday. It was like what on Tuesday. Yeah. It was Chris Brown's birthday, Cinco de Mayo. Okay. Oh, his birthday, Cinco so de Mayo, makes Tuesday. sense. That's why you always drunk. Yeah, that was Tuesday. <laughs> But it, I digress. So he dropped a uh, project with uh, Young Thug. It's called Slime and B, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so I will start with the positive by going to Jasmine. <laughs> so Jasmine, you've been listening to it. I know we all know you're a big Chris Brown fan. Absolutely. We all like Young Thug on his podcast too. So what did you think about it? I love this project i don't know if i'm gonna go out on the limb and say it's better than fan of a fan because i'm a huge fan of the fan but i don't think it's better maybe fan of the fan too but not the first one okay i don't know i i i think i i'm okay with putting that out there into the atmosphere but i love this i loved it um i don't i didn't know what to expect um i guess because thug was on it um breezy obviously he's very versatile versatile so you can get whatever from him but i really like the fact that thug showed his um his range i guess um on different tracks like animal is very much so a chris brown track um it was very pop very much so you know upbeat kind of edm so it was cool to hear like thug on different tracks that i've never heard him before and just disclaimer too i know i've said it before but i'm not the the biggest young thug fan i've grown to like him the whole carter barter five thing really didn't sit well with me and it took a long time for me to like welcome him again but um now that i am kind of back on his wave i i think he was great um say you love me was great go crazy i got time um i noticed that a lot of people were um talking about she bumped her head and I mean, I like the song, but it, it didn't do it for me like it seemed to have done the internet. Um, I actually like Big Slimes better, which was the track right after that, a lot better than Bumps Her Head. Um, honestly, Undrunk was my least favorite track. Um, yeah, I think Undrunk was my least favorite track. And it's crazy because I love West Coast music. I love the West Coast sound, but it just, I'm not the biggest E-40 fan. Too Short, I would have liked to hear Too Short on it alone. And that's just me and my personal opinion, my personal preference. But um, that was, that had to be my least favorite track on the whole project. But other overall, I thought it was good. It was cohesive. Like the order was cool with me. I didn't have a problem with how they, how they sequence the, the tracks. Um, I thought it wasn't too long. It was just, you know, especially at this day and age. 43 minutes was cool, cool enough for me. But I don't know. I'm a fan. I don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> all right. All right. That's a fair assessment. Uh, Figgy, what you think about it, man? Man, I actually enjoyed the album. I think it's a really good album as far as like summertime type of albums. You know, you had them albums where it just bump 
I feel like every song on this album bumped. And um, to me, I was more impressed with um, with Young Thug. I felt like he kind of stepped out of his lane doing this album because usually I don't hear him in this type of setting. But um, I think he switched it up a little bit, and I was really impressed with Young Thug. And then another thing, uh, Chris Brown. I feel like we getting too much of Chris Brown. I feel like he, mm-hmm. I feel like he kind of easy access because I I think he's really talented, but. To me, he do mixtapes with random people where it's kind of like, what? Like, you Chris Brown, you shouldn't be easy access like this. And uh, with him doing the um, the, the mixtape with Tiger, with him doing the mixtape with Young Thug, it's kind of like, man, like, like I don't understand. Well, the Tiger mixtape was like 10 years ago, though, man. Yeah, so but I get what you're saying. Friends. But Chris yeah. Brown, happened a while ago. Chris Brown, 10 years ago was hot, though. He was yeah. like a yeah, and Tiger is kind of like man, like that was kind to me that was a random pairing, like I wouldn't have never thought them two would do a uh, like an album or a mixtape together. I feel you, but I feel like he kind of easy access like that. But I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed Young Thug. I really wasn't a Young Thug fan at first, but to me, I think this one, um, this is probably the one album that. He probably will get way more. I guess um, I want to. I don't want to say radio play, but I felt like he kind of stepped out of his lane because the only song I like from Young Thug is the um, what's the Danny Glover? Yeah, I, I, that was the one song I like, and then I like the the recent one with um, with Gunner on there. The one I... Mm-hmm. The hot song? Yeah, hot. Those, yeah. to me, for my personal opinion, those are the only two songs I'm like, man, this song is hard from Young Thug. And I feel like he got a lot of those on this one. This one, I feel like he toned it down a little bit. He he kind of got into the breezy type of style. So I, I enjoyed this album. Well, Uh-oh. I, wish, I wish I could agree. Like, look... I'll be honest. I tried to listen to the album. I got pretty deep into it. Um, maybe I expected different because hearing that it was going to be Young Thug and Chris Brown, I didn't know it would be like summertime party songs, basically. Yeah. You know, I thought it might be more of a hard gang influence because, you know, Chris Brown, a, a blood in his late 20s for some reason. So <laughs> I figured it was going to be more like hard singing and rapping over like fucking Metro booming beats and shit or something like that. And it wasn't that. Um, I mean, I, I, I will trust y'all's opinion that it was good for that type of music, but maybe I just wasn't in the mood, but it sounded very, and this is my problem with Chris Brown. A lot of his songs kind of sound the same to me. Hmm. Maybe it's cause I'm not a hardcore Chris Brown listener. I can't detect the intricacies, but almost every song he make, it sounds like he's singing the exact same and, and saying the exact same stuff on it to me. That's just how I perceive it. But I mean, if y'all say it's good, I will trust y'all's opinion <laughs> because I think y'all were probably more fair than me. I probably went into it with a bad attitude of not wanting to really hear it. So there's that, but it, it didn't really do nothing for me personally. I'll say that much. So I don't know if this is going to piss you off or make you like it more, but if you do decide to revisit it, the lyrics themselves are the vibe that I think you were looking for. Like if you actually listen to what they're saying, it's more the gang banging and all that. 
um the trap yeah the productions is where it gets like oh this is not what i expected but if you listen to their lyrics they're still in like thug is clearly still in his same young thug bag it's just over a different sound that you're just not really used to him um mm -hmm. you know and i think as far as i agree with you as far as chris brown is really accessible i think the projects that he does with certain people like how you mentioned tyga and thug i think he actually has relationships with those people like, I think Chris Brown is obviously, I know that Chris Brown and Tiger are like best friends. So that was natural for them. But like Young Thug, I think Chris Brown actually, like they're, they fuck with each other. Like they're actually friends. Um, like little um, artists, different artists that I recognize or I'll see him on. I think that those artists just pay for the feature and he does his part by promoting it. But I've noticed that if that artist isn't good on their own, then it is what it is. Like Chris Brown isn't, I've noticed, depending on the artist, like you can kind of tell who paid for a Chris Brown track and who he genuinely like wanted to hop on the track with because he'll promote the, he'll promote the track. But if you don't see anything else from him or any other push, then it just kind of was what it was is my interpretation of like, you know, who, how he does his features or how often we hear him it's it's the money or if it's if he really fucks with you is what it seems like yeah i think which is normal for everybody yeah. but i mean you know yeah this might be weird to say but i feel like if he wasn't as accessible as he is now he will probably be super rare as far as like or super it would be more of a big deal when he drops something or be on the feature basically if he was more like the weekend yeah, he'd or, be more yeah. in like basically more be hotter and more anticipated than he is it, right now. Yeah, I think it would be a trending topic. Like, wow, yeah. he dropped a mixtape. What? Oh my god! But yeah. I feel like he's on everybody's shit. Not he's not like Gucci or Wayne back in their prime or nothing. But I feel like he dropped the random stuff where it's kind of like, oh yeah, it's just Chris Brown, and that's kind of yeah. that's kind of us just being used to it. I guess, it, oh, yeah, Chris Brown on the feature or Chris Brown on the hook. But if he was, wasn't was that accessible, I feel like we will make more of a big deal about this. And we will kind of appreciate that more than what we do now. I, I just think he's on a lot of stuff way too easy. <laughs> and, uh, and and to be honest, he be killing shit. I don't like he come on there and be whack. He be really killing shit. And it, like we could go through a lot of uh, singles he been on that the artist really wasn't all that and made the song really hot. Like, we could go through Kid Inks. Like, don't nobody really care for Kid Ink, but the songs Chris Brown was on with him, it made the song hot. <laughs> I, I mean, I agree, but at the same time, uh, that's just who Chris Brown is. He records a lot. He releases a lot of music. And not everybody, not one size fits all. Like some people gonna be more like Frank Ocean, some people gonna be more like The Weeknd and be more rare, mysterious, and they find comfort in that. Chris Brown likes being out there. Yeah, you know he likes putting new. Jasmine, you on mute by the way. I think. Oh yeah, I know. Sorry, there's yeah. uh, background noise, but I'm still agreeing with you. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think Chris Brown just likes putting out a lot of music. He likes recording a lot, and that's just who he is. And I think his fans appreciate that. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. Like the normal people, like the casual kind of not really Chris Brown fans, but we check for him sometimes. We would like it more if he was more rare because then, you know, it would be more of a big deal for us, but his fans love this stuff and he has a lot of fans and he wants to keep them fed. 
So I respect it. I don't knock him for it. You know, when you do as much cocaine as he does, you got to wow. keep putting out music, wow. man. <laughs> we didn't have to go there. We didn't have to get there. I'm just saying. Yeah, when you got a whole lot of spare energy, you got to put that out somehow. So at least he ain't getting in trouble. <laughs> yes. He's just making music. Yes. And so. making TikToks. I am <laughs> in love with the TikToks. Yeah. Uh, so big news we got to talk about on the podcast right now. Our official reactions mm-hmm. to the return of Takashi 69. So Takashi 69, we've been following this whole thing for the history of the podcast, basically. Figgy was the first one who put us on this man when he first came out. Oh yeah. We were like, what the fuck is this rainbow hair dude doing out here with all his blood? What's this, what is Then you got into him. Yes. I, I like the first album, man. I like it a lot still. But uh, of course, this man went through trials and tribulations, you know, caught up the Treyway blood gang, <laughs> went to jail, went to prison, snitched, and got out. And because of coronavirus, he got out early. So he is back on the streets. The king of New York is back, according to him. And after about, I want to say, a few weeks, he finally did an IG Live, released a new song. We'll react to the song in a minute. But first, let's see what Takashi had to say about... Oh, did I, did I put that in the show rundown? The link? I fucking forgot, didn't I? Ooh, uh, my bad, I didn't. I forgot. But basically... Let me find it real quick. Yeah, I, I, I'll get yeah, it. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. That's my, that's my fault. I, I fucking forgot. That's my bad. But so, okay, fuck it. Let's talk about the song first. He released a song. I already forgot what it's called. <laughs> it's, it's called Gooba. Uh, Gooba? G-O-O-B-A. Gooba. I don't get the 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 reason. I don't get the it's, philosophy of, of his song titles. I don't get what they mean. You big hater. You nothing but a hater, hater. Cloud chaser. Now we catch him at the chicken spot. Up a couple chops. Hot that nigga with a hundred shots. Did you like the song? Me? I'll let Jasmine go first. <laughs> what do you think about uh, this song? I haven't heard it until just now, and it did make me move. I hate to okay. admit it, but I ain't going back to listen to it. Like, I'm sorry. I refuse to support this man. I'm not going oh. to. Chris Brown got to hop on it. Oh, oh. Okay. Look, man. I, I will say I am surprised that... I didn't know what he was going to put out. Like, we were all wondering this before he put out this song, what he was going to sound like when this all happened. And, ooh, that's a nice little picture. Um, So we all wondered what kind of music he was going to make. And he came out with a song that sounds just like all his other songs pre-prison. I thought it was an old song at first. Yeah. Because I thought I heard it before. The only thing he didn't do was say Treyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the only difference between this and any of his other music. He talked about shooting people. He talked about, and that's the thing too, because I thought uh, his his lawyer basically came out and said that 6ix9ine wasn't going to be trolling. When he came back, he was going to be more mature. And he at Takashi had to ask the judge if he could make music. Yeah. The judge signed off on it. And he released this. So... I honestly kind of feel like the judge might want to lock this motherfucker back up in jail <laughs> if he's talking about this shooting niggas and shit. Yeah. So, yeah, it, I was surprised that he came out with music that is very similar to everything else he made. But he did make light of the fact that, you know, he did snitch. Um, 
but he says he still got the numbers. He says he still got the streams. Here we uh, go. He made a picture of him. Yes, he put a rat thing on his face. So, yeah, he's laughing at people with the rat face on him. So he's leaning into it fully, yeah. which I thought honestly was a smart thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, I don't so. know what else we expected though. I, I don't I don't know. I don't have much thought when it comes to him. Like I'm over him. <laughs> I, I'm over it. Like <laughs> he can do what he wants. But I guess too, because I wasn't just a huge fan of his to begin with, that I don't I'm not really invested in his storyline and where he goes from here because I wasn't a fan of his from jump. So that you. could be part of but will it. Will you will you lose respect for an artist if they work with him? Um Chris Brown. Chris Brown. Yes. Do a feature the, with even when I was just saying, like, if Chris Brown, before before you went Rocket, I don't know. I don't think I'll lose respect for him because equally as they hop on a track with a snitch, y'all would say that I should have lost respect for Chris Brown for what he did back in the day. So I don't know if I'll lose respect for them, but I don't know. Like, again, I just don't see myself seeking out the track to support it. Like, if someone shows it to me, if it comes up on my timeline and I listen to it, that's fine. But I'm not going to look for this man's music. I'm not going to follow him. I'm not looking for commenting on his post. Like, that's what you really do when you don't really like someone. You just leave it alone and leave it, you know, just don't mess with it. Don't say anything. So, so to I'll, be, I'll, I'll stick with that. But what made you not like him? Was it before all this happened or was it just because of the snitching? we lose jasmine no no no. it was before but way before he caught a case way before the snitching and he started can you hear me yeah i hear you now oh okay yeah no um it was way before he caught a case i didn't like him for the simple fact that he um and i can't control it but he has so many of the younger generation looking up to him and thinking that the way that he goes about stuff is okay and I don't necessarily, you know, he's not the only person to blame, but I think he's a big factor in why people think, you know, some people look at trolling and think that there's no consequences or repercussions behind it. And even at this time, how he's already gotten out of jail for it. Like, I think it's just a, a bad example for those that don't have bigger influences in their life to speak to them on stuff like this, because they're looking at it, him like he's a superhero and invincible and can't be touched. So why wouldn't they continue to do and follow in the same steps of, you know, the, the same path that he's gotten success from. So I just, I, I personally just can't continue to support somebody that, that went through a due process system, although it didn't go in, you know, in the way as which, somebody wanted to see it. I don't wish jail on anybody, but at the same time, it's just not a lesson. It's not a lesson to teach, to teach kids that don't know any better. Like, it's not cute. It's not funny to me. I respect that. Uh, so Figgy, what do you think about this new song, man? I actually thought the song was good. Man. <laughs> the song bump, I feel like, um, I feel like it's the, I feel like he left off or started where he left off. So I don't think it was a big, fall off and nothing like that. I was kind of surprised that he was still rapping the same, but in the same breath, he did mention the whole, yeah, yeah, I snitch, y'all mad, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's probably the best way to go is just embrace it. And um, I think he did right by going on Instagram Live and explaining everything. He, he pretty much said, hey, they was messing with my baby moms. They was trying to kill me. So, you know, you know, they weren't giving me loyalty, so why do I got to do the same? 
So let's play that part. I put it in a show rundown. You might already have it pulled up, but I put a link in a show rundown of a clip from the IG Live. It's at the top of him explaining why uh, he snitched, uh, why he did what he did, and his mentality over, you know, basically everything that happened. Uh, I didn't see the whole live, um, but yeah, he had 2 million people join it. And apparently it was the biggest Instagram live watched video of all time. So still breaking records. And here's what he had to say about the entire thing. Sorry. I want to say that I'm sorry to my fans because you know what? It wasn't worth it. It wasn't. And I'm going to tell you what. If there is a street code, right? If there is a street code and there's something so so called as loyalty and everything and no snitching and all of that, I get it, right? But where was the loyalty when you were sleeping with my baby mother? Where was the loyalty when you was caught on the wiretap trying to kill me? Where was the loyalty when you tried to kidnap my mother? Where was the loyalty when you were stealing millions of dollars from me? Where was that? So who broke it first? All right, I get it. Don't fight fire with fire. I'm sorry. But what did I do wrong? Be loyal to niggas that's fucking... My baby moms, be loyal to niggas that kidnap me, beat the shit out of me on video and everything. I'm supposed to be loyal to that. No, you know what? You know what it is? Y'all don't want to accept the fact that those is all true facts. Y'all don't want to accept. Y'all understand why I snitch. Y'all understand. Y'all don't want to understand. It's not that y'all don't understand. Y'all don't want to understand. Y'all don't want to understand that. Damn, this kid really was a, a he he moved their families out of poverty. He he paid for school for, for 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 all of the members, whatever. But he snitched on them. Why? Were they loyal to me? Cause I when when I met when I met son, he was sleeping on the rug. I I, I give him money. Yo, look, listen, I'm a rainbow Mexican hair kid. I rap. I'm not about that gang shit. But listen, I know how to get us out. You <laughs> wasn't loyal to, to me. Whether whether, but y'all understand. Let's let let's y'all understand. And I know you understand. Y'all don't want to understand. All right. Let me tell you. Before I got locked up, right? Before I got locked up. Fuck that rainbow hair nigga. Fuck, fuck Takashi Snap. Fuck him. Fuck that rainbow hair kid. Fuck him. Fuck that rainbow hair kid. Y'all didn't really have a reason to dislike me just because I screamed in raps and I got rainbow hair. That was y'all reason, right? Or he's mad, loud. That was y'all reason. But then now y'all got a reason. So, of course, the go-to is, oh, he snitched. Okay, so I got to admit, he made some valid points in that video. Um, and like like we said before, sorry. like... I want to say that I'm sorry to... My bad. It's all good. Um, so I think, honestly, like, he ended it by saying pretty much, you know, if you don't like me now, you probably didn't like me before. And now the snitching is the main go-to as to why you don't like me which is fair enough. I think that is the case for a lot of people. I don't think a whole lot of people... My point exactly. I don't think a whole lot of people liked him until the snitching happened and now they swore off him, you know? So that's a good point by him. And also the reasons why he snitched, I mean, we brought this up before, you know, they were trying to kill him. <laughs> so why why should he not snitch, you know? You can say yeah. street code and all that stuff and I understand, but they were trying to kill him, smash baby mom, apparently try to kidnap his mom, like do all this Take shit to money. him. And, and even if he stayed solid, there's no guarantee they wouldn't still fuck they him up. They would have killed him in jail. Yeah, they weren't trying to extort him, and he said no more. And that's why they turned against him. Mm-hmm. You know. Question. I have a question. So his baby mom, is it the same? I think her name is Jade. Is that his baby mom, too? 
his girl, his current girlfriend, is that his baby mama or no, are they two different no. women? The two different women, I believe. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, this was another girl who I think she's actually still talking out against six nine. Like they're not cool at all right now. Yeah, the baby mom. Yeah, yeah. Baby she mama. actually replied. Oh, okay. She actually replied to this video pretty much. I, I forgot. Say? I forgot exactly what she said, but she kind of denying the whole, you know, mm. um, they smashed me type of thing. Yeah, and, well, of course, pretty much that's what she's gonna say. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I understand. I understand why. I don't understand why he's coming out with a similar persona to what he had before. Um, and also, I don't know. Oh, by the way, he came on the IG Live trolling with the cops theme. Yeah. Some handcuffs. That's hilarious, that. man. Yeah. In full troll mode, he came on. So, oh, yeah. And by the way, you got to bring this up, too. Uh, Meek Mill and him had a back and forth. Apparently, Meek Mill has some comments. I forgot exactly what he said. Basically, he wasn't supporting that shit. And that you know, six nine is corny, and the song is trash, and all this stuff. And six nine just replied back and said, you know, imagine being grown with a kid on the way, and you pressed about a Mexican kid with rainbow hair, you know, which is his normal go-to to everything. But it kind of replied here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so do do y'all think? First of all, we'll, we'll we'll return back to this now because we now know that people do want to hear six nine. And he's still very popular. Do y'all think anybody will work with him now? I know before y'all said you don't think so. Have your minds changed? Do you think that people will work with him now, seeing the popularity he has? Yes, my mind has changed for sure. I think, you know, obviously those like the 50 cents, the Meek Mills, they're not going to work with him. But again, those that are seeing his success and seeing how he's receiving all of the attention that he's getting from what he's doing. They, they don't care. They're going to work with him for sure. They're going to work with him for sure. They're going to be the feature. They're going to want to be featured on his tracks. They're going to want to be in the videos. Like I def, my mind has definitely changed in the sense of just seeing, I mean, I knew it was going to happen, but yeah, people are going to work with him, who they are, who those artists are. And if we know them right now, we may not know them right now, but they're going to work with him. So we'll see. Hmm. What do you think, Figgy? You want to uh, change? Um, it kind of swaying towards they will work with them or work with Takashi Sistan for the simple fact that I think people get to the point where they really don't care. I, I feel like he didn't really do something out of the ordinary. I mean, he got caught up in some shit. He told the truth. He got out. But he's still a talented artist to me man my personal opinion i feel like he's talented i feel like what he uh i feel like he got a major following i ain't know two point whatever million people that was watching i know he he was gonna have all that but mm -hmm. i feel like he's still a talented dude and uh i feel like you could benefit just from working with him so uh, i i could see more people maybe working with him but like i said before i don't see the street people working with her. I don't see people like Casanova or, you know, just just the street artists because that would look bad on their part because you got a lot of street artists talking about no snitching and, you know, I don't deal with rats and, you know, got this street code. It will tarnish their their image if they do a feature with them. I don't, like, money don't, money is out the question. Like, I don't yeah. care how much money it is. Like, it will still tarnish your, you know, your cred to work with a guy who 
snitch. Everybody know about Takashi Six Nine. It's not like a Fifty Cent thing because. You know, 50 Cent, remember, Irv Gotti was showing documents like, look, this yeah. guy snitching, and y'all still, you know, y'all still supporting this guy? Like, that, to me, that's a little different for the simple fact that don't nobody really know, but this, to me, to me this was right on the spotlight. Everybody knew about it. So, I could see, I, I seen Tory Lanez pretty much, um, he was kind of talking about it a little bit. He mentioned how Damn, he broke my record for, you know, the most live streams or mm-hmm. li- uh, people on Instagram live. So um, I could see him maybe saying, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, they ain't got nothing to do with me. I could see him, you know, saying, fuck it. I give him a hook and take the money. But like I said, people like Future, people like Gucci, people, you know. Um, like a lot real- of people from New York. Yeah, like a lot of a lot of OGs and people that are respected in New York, they are not working with him. But yeah. I, I, as far as like other coasts, other cities, I can see that happening. Yeah, I I just think it's not like as a street artist, it's not even worth it to me. Like, yeah, he make good music. Yeah, he pulling one point four million people on Instagram Live, and yeah, he got you know. I think he, I, I want to say he did like sixteen million in, um, in under a day uh, for his video, so. Yeah, I, I can see that part of it, but at the end of the day, if you're a street artist, I just don't think it's worth it, man. I think I think you better off not even, you know, going that route. So I don't, I don't see people like a a, y, a YG saying, you know what, fuck it, man. He got the views and all this stuff. I know they had problems before, but I just don't see, like, real street artists, you know, just saying, fuck it, let me get this check. I uh, like I said, I, I I know it's more snitches in in hip hop, so that's not common. But with this being so um so much in the public and everybody know what six nine was and they seen the beginning to the end, I just don't see them like saying you know let me get this check, let me give them a verse. Yeah, some people definitely won't, but I still think that some people definitely will, and they care more about clout than anything. Um, and by the way, here's what Meek Mill said about Takashi 69 before the live started. He said, I hope that rat going live to apologize to the people he told on or to the victim. Y'all forgot fast that a quote unquote rat killed Nipsey. He wasn't supposed to be on the streets. That's the only thing I'm going to say because he's dead. Left his baby mom and child like a coward as targets. Number one, I don't know what Nipsey has to do with any of this. I don't know why he brought yeah. that up. Um, but here, here's a problem. And the main problem with people who are chiming in right now, who don't like him, you fell into the trap. Okay. Meek Mill could have just not said anything, but you could be a Meek Mill fan who didn't know Takashi 69 was going on live. And now you kind of want to check it out to see what Meek Mill was talking about. You are boosting him up by talking about it. You know, if you don't want to, if you think it's disgusting, if you think it's whack, don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Don't give that man more promo. Don't make his name trend more. You're helping him by talking about him because he is a troll. Yeah. And you can't, that's what trolls thrive off of, the attention. Mm-hmm. And they know this and they still falling into it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Because all it takes is somebody to see Meek Mill post. Like, yes. oh, what are you talking about? Let me go see what are you talking about. Exactly. So, exactly. And yeah. I, I like, I'm not saying he boosted his number significantly, but it helped. Yeah. So it helped him trend. If you think it's whack, the the biggest thing you can do to an artist is ignore them. If you don't like them, that makes their name not trend. That makes them that 
gets in, that's work the worst thing to happen to an artist to, to be ignored. Yeah. To have nobody care about you. Yeah. And if all these big time artists, because there were a lot of people in the live, a lot of check marks joined yeah. that live. I ain't recognize a lot in. of check marks, but it was a lot of check marks. Yes. <laughs> Lil Nas X in there. Like a <laughs> lot said, of people were up in that live I like trying that, to get clout. I like that he said no homo, but he looked yeah. kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> I love Lil Nas X, man. He's hilarious, man. Yeah, we need but, to keep yeah. him safe. I love Lil Nas. He is hilarious. Yes, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, people. I mean, the, if you don't like him, don't say shit. You can say shit to your friends in real life, but don't put his name on the internet. Don't make it trend more because you're helping him by trying to diss him to look cool to your other internet friends. Nobody cares, man. The, so the part I don't understand uh, is people saying, "Oh, I refuse to support him," because like you know how many people that snitched. Yes, you know how many people that really ain't rapping about what they did. So to me, I just don't get why people sit there and say, "Oh no." I, I mean, unless you don't like the music or didn't like it from the beginning, that's one thing. But people coming out, "Oh no, I'm not watching his live." No, what he did was crazy, but like. Like he told he yeah, he got caught he got caught up in some shit and he told the truth. Now I mean he could have easily killed somebody. Now I mean we support people who kill people. <laughs> now I mean so like I I don't know I think people kind of going overboard a little bit. I don't know I just <laughs> think it's a slippery slope in the sense of like I agree if you didn't initially support him then then you're doing more of a justice to him to telling us that you don't support him. Just yes. don't support him. Just don't say anything. But I don't think if, uh, I don't think the people that never liked him or the people that, you know, um, people that maybe not hadn't even been aware of the whole situation. I don't think it's wrong of them not to want to listen to him now because they, they have prior knowledge. I don't think, I don't think there's, there's anything wrong with that. I get it. Like there are people that, um, you know, they have done, different stuff like you mentioned T.I. like different people like that 50 cent um but at the same time like I, it's personal preference like I, I I equally feel as though like T.I. for instance it has done other things in the community that has helped us out and helped push forward our culture in different ways whereas 6ix9ine is not pushing forward our that's nothing that's it's, it's not it doesn't balance out in my opinion at least so I feel you. And, and we'll we'll see if this is even sustainable. It could yeah. just be initial curiosity yeah. that got him this big for his Instagram live and his video. But who knows if he can sustain it. He got to be consistently in some drama for yeah. this to keep going. Because mm -hmm. if not, nobody's going to care after a couple of weeks. So. Yeah, I actually, uh, yeah, I actually said that um, the, the, I think the last time we had this conversation. I knew he was gonna do numbers first, his first post and first Instagram live, first song, but let's see how he rolls, you know, after that. Let's yeah. see, you know, let's see what type of music he put out and and go from there. Because I, of course, we all want to hear what he got to say. So of course, everybody, I was tuned in, you <laughs> know what I mean? So of course, we got to, uh, we want to hear what he got to say. But can he sustain that run he had before? I don't know. <laughs> um, so, oh, yeah, we got to talk about Adele, man. We got to <laughs> break this down real quick. Uh, Adele has broken the internet, the fat internet. <laughs> Look, we got to call it what it is. We got to be very truthful. Adele posted a picture 
Um, after being not seen for a while, she had a very highly publicized divorce in which she had to pay a man like a whole lot of money somehow. Really? I didn't know about that. Yeah, a she ridiculous had a, amount of money. Of yeah, it, it was the Kevin Fetter, Kevin Federline Britney Spears part two, basically. <laughs> no, he got alimony. He got a shitload of money. Um, so, and this is this is the Fat Adele singing sad song. You ain't gonna hear this no more. So, I'll call her the fat. She was fat. Let's call it what it is. I, 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 <laughs> A fat person can call people fat. Like a black person can say nigga. We, we can say that now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, fat Adele has lost a lot of weight. She is now damn near anorexic Adele. Uh, she has lost a lot of weight and people have mixed feelings about it. Some people are congratulating it, saying great job getting healthy and looking good. But the fat women of Twitter and Instagram are very upset. Fat phobia they think people. This is a affront. They think that she has no. I'm seriously like, you think I'm joking? People have written articles about how they're disappointed in Adele by losing all this weight because they feel like she has abandoned the body positivity movement. What is wrong with America? Oh my God! People are mad at her for losing weight. Yes. And being healthy. Yes. They're There's saying they were personally hurt. They were hurt because she represented being proud of who you are, even if that's a fact. Well, cow. you got Lizzo for that. Like, <laughs> I just feel like- Well, she was a white wrong. version. She was the white, and she was first. She was first. Well, not that first ever in music. craziness to me. But then, but then if she gained weight, the whole internet would be talking shit about her and how big she is. No, they'd be, well, well good for her, accepting who she is. Demi Lovato gained weight, and they didn't call her fat. They but said, you want her to her. be- unhealthy in the sense like i'm i'm not even talking about the weight like how you look i'm talking about like your health problems in general like you want someone to be physically unhealthy inside versus them being okay with themselves and losing weight and who's to say that she lost weight she didn't lose weight for us she lost weight for herself so it wasn't like she <laughs> did it to please the public like she did it because she dropped that nigga and she wanted to feel <laughs> good about herself i'm sure at least well, now you are standing against the body positivity movement yourself, Jasmine, <laughs> by not I, understanding what I they're think, going through. I think so much attention, like for the fact that it was her birthday and so much attention went to her weight loss instead of it just being her birthday, I think that's the problem. Like, why can't we just wish her a happy birthday? She released photos a couple months ago of her weight loss. So the fact that we're looking at her now as if we didn't already know she had lost weight and pointing and talking about her weight, I think we're the issue. Like, we why why does it have to be about her weight? Why can't we just wish her a happy birthday? <laughs> the weight was the biggest thing. Thinking, what do you think about it, man? Um, I mean, I don't I, I don't see nothing wrong with it, but my, I don't know how your timeline looked, but my timeline was arguing something different. They was arguing about how all these fat phobia people <laughs> was coming out the closet saying congratulations and saying mm -hmm. how beautiful beautiful she was. And then you had the people like, oh, she already been beautiful. Like, yes. I don't know what y'all talking about. So yeah, I don't like women unless they're super skinny. Just yeah. Say that. She's beautiful then, she's beautiful now. Yeah, mm -hmm. so um, that's the part that I was seeing, man. I was just like, wow, like y'all really arguing about this? But um, when I originally seen the um, the picture, I, I ain't gonna lie, I wasn't like, wow. I thought she was sick. I thought someone was wrong. At first, I, ain't, I had to check and make sure it was her. Yeah, like it. It looked nothing like her, but 
as I zoomed in, I'm like, wow, that is her. And the, my first thought was, I hope she's not sick or, you know, anything like that. But I realized she posted a picture. It was her birthday. So I figured, you know, that was her journey. So, um, you know, she happy. I'm happy. But I kind of like the... I kind of like the chunkier Adele a little more than the uh, skinny Adele. Music probably going to hit less now she's skinny. You it, think so? I think she just got a divorce. Oh, no. Now that she's skinny, I don't think her being skinny has anything to do with it, but she just got a, out of a whole divorce. We getting fire music real soon. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of nervous because a lot of people, whenever they lose weight or they get clean off of drugs and all this stuff, I feel like the music fall off a little bit. And plus, she kind of been, you know, I think, I want to say, was it Fat Tony or I forgot who it was, but they mentioned her dating the, the, uh, oh, I think it was, it was Paytas Rob on our previous live. He mentioned Mm -hmm. how she was dating a British rapper at the time. Yeah, yeah. I think she a little more hip hop. I thought. Yeah, she was dating Skepta, I think. Yeah, at one point. Yeah, yeah, but, um, I think she a little more hip hop influenced, so I wouldn't be surprised if we hear some 808s in this uh, in their <laughs> next album. I am here for it all. I think I she'll can. definitely make more pop music now. Um, I don't know if that's going to be the beginning or end of her career because she made a huge lane as that yeah. sad she, mopey singer she, who was fat. Man, I, so. she, I mean, I'm she shouldn't do it, man. I think she should stay in her lane. I feel like she got a crazy fan base. She outsold everybody yep. after she released the album in November, December. She she outsold everybody that year. So I think, man, I don't think her fans want to hear some 808s or some rap features, man. I, I think she be, should, should I, stay where she at. I think she's going to make the Mary J. Blige, no more drama in my life type comeback. And I mm. think she's actually going to have this next album's going to do numbers just because she's coming off a breakup. And it's going to be very much women positivity. I will survive. I don't need no man to find me type of shit that women love. So she going to go triple platinum off this shit. I know that. Oh, but yeah. In the future, I don't know where she goes after that. So I just hope we'll that, you know, if there is a sound change or a little different difference in her sound that we are not all jumping to oh her weight loss changed her music that yeah. we can't just allow her to have a difference in sound or want to switch some things up we don't we're not pinpointing it to her weight loss yeah very true we'll see how it goes um and so people don't know think i'm bullshitting there's a article on the telegraph um called why the photo of a new slimmer adele makes women like me feel uncomfortable <laughs> and it's quoted, the, the quote says, I felt personally affronted as if Adele had done something deliberately to hurt me. So she lost weight to hurt her fans, apparently. Girl, That's interesting. That's crazy. But, but you know what? A lot of like bigger celebrities go through the same thing. Monique, Monique went through the same thing. Yeah. Remember, she, she um, pretty much made her whole comedy bit as a big woman, a fat woman. And she lost weight, and people kind of lost respect for her a little bit. I don't know. She started why. whining a lot too, so that didn't. Yeah, help. she started whining. Yeah, that that didn't help either. But a lot of people always go back to, oh, she's skinny now. Now I mean, she ain't with the big women and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. But 
you know, same thing. I, I want to say, uh, who was it? Was it Jennifer Hudson? It was somebody. I forgot who it was. Yeah, Jennifer Hudson lost a lot of weight. Yeah, a lot of people kind of said the same thing too. It felt it's like it's like when a big woman lose a lot of weight, they like betray the big fans. Yeah. So I I think it's kind of unfair. You know what I mean? Because I don't care who you are, how big you are, everybody want to lose weight. Everybody want to be a little slimmer than what they originally are. So I I think it's kind of unfair for the uh, celebrities who got to go through that type of shit. Uh, so let, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, uh, shout out to all the people who joined us. We had a hour long uh, a listener podcast with people joining. We had uh, Paytex Rob join, Ernesto Versatile Elements joined, Kyle King joined. Shout out to all them. Oh, a young brother who uh, has an artist by the name of Thaddeus J. Check him out. He joined us from Dallas. Yes. And uh, shout out to everybody who listened to the podcast and joined us. We might do it again in the future. We probably will actually. Yeah. So, yeah. Stanford Route, Wade Smith, Fat Tony, yes. Jack Freeman. Jack Freeman. On this podcast, we had all them join us and come through. Uh, we appreciate them. Check them out. Y'all know where they at. Uh, and, and we really appreciate all them coming through, showing love and all that. So, uh, thank y'all for listening. And we're going to be back at it next week, probably, with some more heat. And you can always, of course, follow Jasmine at, oh, yeah, you have a playlist, too. Didn't we promote that last time, or do we not? Um, You did, I think. I don't really know. I can't remember. But I didn't post it on my actual Instagram like a post. But I've been uh, promoting it just because I've been waiting for edits for certain pictures. Oh, okay. Um, but it is available, Spotify, Apple Music. Um, I actually have, like, three more coming out pretty soon so once i can get this q2 out then i'll be flooding your timeline so don't get yes. annoyed at me no, <laughs> just listen to the music we love the promo here check yeah. that out jasmine dot or chichi base on social media and all that yeah figgy yeah. fig of course yeah. still holding it down on yeah. 610 figgy's world Figgy's world yeah that drop um it's wednesday yeah <laughs> i need to play the intro on here one day <laughs> but um yeah i dropped the episode I tried the um, flaming hot taco from Taco Bell. Okay. Yeah, but it was pretty good. Check it out. I got some more episodes coming soon. So yeah, stay tuned. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Check hey. them out. Figgy Fig on social media and all that. The Figgy Fig. And yeah, so good. Everybody doing good and well. Great to hear. Stay up. Stay black and proud. If you like, <laughs> I'm not gonna say stay white and proud, but fucking <laughs> just keep doing what the fuck you doing. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, appreciate the love, everybody. And we're going to be back at it. So for Jasmine, the lovely Jasmine, and for Picky Fig, I am Ryan Rocket, and we out. Oh,